Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My guest on Bent Notes is a saxophonist, composer, arranger and educator who brings a range of cross-cultural life experiences to his music. Those life experiences include growing up with the folk music of Iran, as well as jazz, pop and classical music. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the Bent Notes duo because he was here in December having a chat with Paul. Welcome back, Omid Shayan. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for your program and the support that you give the jazz community in Melbourne. It's very much appreciated by all of us. Our pleasure indeed, Omid. It's great to have you here in studio. Tonight we're going to be chatting further about your brand new album, but before we get there, I'd like to find out a little bit more about Omid Cheyenne. Well, thank you. What would you like to know? You've had a background or your 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 musical background has folk music from Iran. Was that from time when you were there? What age did you migrate to Australia? I came to Australia actually quite young. I was one year old. I think I had my first birthday the second day we arrived in uh, Australia. But as most migrants can attest, you have a connection to the country where you come from, especially my parents. And I think for a while, while we were here, they were unsure whether this was a permanent home or just a temporary stop while all the mess that was going on back home in Iran was uh, sorting itself out. So I was brought up with the Iranian culture as a backstop in case we were to return. My earliest memories were in the house listening to Iranian folk music and Iranian pop and dance and seeing my parents and the joy that it brought them. And uh, I think it's been an integral part of my uh, musical upbringing. Was music a really important part of it? sounds as if it was a really important part of your family life. It was, yeah. Um, and my parents were younger than me when they arrived, so they were, you know, full of life and they would bring you know, other Iranian people that they met and their families into the home and every night after a big meal always ended with lots of music, lots of dancing, oh, wow. uh, way into the night when the children would collapse on the couch and the adults <laughs> would just keep going. Yeah. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Were your parents musical themselves? No, no, they just uh, appreciated the... The music of appreciated, their, enjoyed it, yes, and obviously passed on that appreciation and enjoyment to you. Indeed, yeah. When when did you think to yourself that I must learn an instrument? I was learning. Uh, I think the saxophone always attracted me. Just and uh, the the mystique of the instrument, and you know, uh, I'm revealing my age here, but the '80s, growing up, the saxophone was always this. Uh, instrument that had, you know, the man under the bridge playing at night. So there were, I remember opening up a magazine and there was a cartoon of a cat with sunglasses playing a saxophone. 
and you know it, that was the thing that just always attracted me before the music was just the shape and the 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 story of the saxophone and then as i grew older yeah there was just something that just kept pulling me back to the instrument and to jazz to be honest i want i kind of rebelled against my iranian upbringing for a little while i think it was a a typical migrant story where you just wanted to fit in so i pushed that aside and i was quite into the pop and the funk and the hip hop only as i've got older and i'm becoming more and more like my parents i realize that uh, it's becoming more and i'm starting to appreciate that music more and more as an educator now how do you instill that appreciation of such a range of music that you have yourself I think through mostly through uh just showing them that it exists. The first problem I realized was that a lot of the students that I have didn't even know about this music. It was like all of them had silos. There there was pop and then somewhere down the line there was classical and these two had nothing to do with each other and then somewhere else there was world music that was just a thing that uh, existed on certain radio stations that they didn't listen to but just showing them that there's a philosophical and musical link between all these cultures i find that really helps it opens up their ears and their eyes and it's a kind of it's a cultural multicultural sort of uh, bridge in a sense it's interesting to see when they realize like wow there's so many things that correlate and there's so much beauty that I could bring across from this musical culture into my own. That's the same experience I had when I was learning music as well. So I, that's something I try to instill. And do they learn that lesson best by listening and hearing what you've got to say, or do they learn it better when they actually implement it by playing something along those lines? Uh, a bit of A, a bit of B. I find before they can play it because a lot of the music from these cultures have a different system uh rhythmic system for example and especially for young kids growing up in Australia where 4/4 is the be all and end all of music even something like 6/8 for them is quite uh, quite a jump so i find sometimes just putting the music on and listening and talking about it and and talking about how it's uh how it's built and what they're trying to say and just you know planting little seeds and then sitting back and saying okay let's see where this goes from your bio i can see that you have a great love of community and the power of collective music i assume that comes into your education of students as well why is community and collective music so important to you it's extremely important i found and especially this has been hammered home this last 2 years where we've been sort of pushed aside from the music and trying to i'm trying to stay uh, apolitically uh, apolitical here but uh, i it, it just seeing how the powers above really don't pay as much attention to the music as i personally would like i found that through community interaction and connection we can create this beautiful scene and uh help each other out and by involving other community members and other community groups into your art there is so much 
joy that everyone gets and so much uh, benefit that all groups get from working with each other. And I experienced that a few years ago, just working with the Moreland Community Band as a musical director. That's when I first started. I was a conductor for a junior band. I just realized like how much everyone helps each other and how much joy these kids and these adults get from this music that I, I just I want to keep doing this and I want to see where this goes. And my music has constantly since then tried to involve all these community groups in. What a great way to, to work at things, Omid, because it is that community building that's so important, and that's... particularly as we're, we're coming into more of a normal type operation now where there's two years where people haven't had any community whatsoever yeah and I never appreciated it well I always appreciated community but I never appreciated and realized how much I appreciate it until it was taken away one of your communities is the ensemble Cheyenne with your new release album to be launched next Sunday night I'd like to hear a piece from the album it's called living in the machine and it's a piece called escape from airstrip one I've noticed that the titles on the album are all fairly strong titles. Mm-hmm. Do they all come from any particular point of view? I would say a lot of them are subconscious. Uh, this was written during the past two years uh, with the pandemic in the background. I think there was a lot of, should I say, angst on my part You know, uh, through that period. And I felt a lot that you know, we're all in front of our screens for hours and hours on end, Zoom and this, and speaking to my parents on Skype, which was just the weirdest experience. But, you know, I used to see them every week, and then I couldn't see them for six months, just looking at them on the screen. It just felt like this uh, technological thing was just overbearing. So I feel... I need to talk to a psychologist about it, but maybe that was what was coming through in the titles that I've uh, I've chosen. So Escape from Airstrip 1 for the literary people is an Orwellian, Orwellian thing from 1984. Right. Uh, that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah. Airstrip 1, I think, was the name uh, George Orwell gave for what was known as the United Kingdom. Oh, right. Yeah. Might have to go back and reread. <laughs> My guest on Bent Notes is saxophonist, composer, arranger, and educator, Omid Cheyenne. You're listening to Joy 94.9, and now you're listening to Escape from Airstrip One. You're listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. On Joy 94.9, you're listening to Bent Notes, where my guest is saxophonist, composer, arranger and educator, Omid Cheyenne. Omid, the Septet Cheyenne is just one of your projects. It's a project that's been around since 2014, and it is a community style of project because it's a group of people creating a community, a small community. What was your driver to start that septet? The Cheyenne Septet started actually as a quartet in 2015 when I was fortunate to win a composition competition, Darabin High Street Composition Competition. And they gave me, as a prize, some money and two days in the studio. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah, but I had no band. I had oh. nothing. <laughs> so you'd, you'd written something but had no band to play it? Well, I had written. The composition was something for a large ensemble. Uh, another community orchestra called the Glasser Bachelde Orchestra in Northcote had organized this composition, where this competition, excuse me, where you uh, one needed to write a large ensemble piece and the best one as performed by them won the competition. And I was fortunate on that day to get it. So after I received this award, I realized, okay, I now need a band. So what do I do? So I uh, wrote all this music and I got the band. I asked these uh, people that I studied with and we recorded an EP. And from there, I just uh, I thought, well, well, this is something. People seem to like what I'm doing. Let's keep going with it. But my plan was always to try and change up and uh, try to go in places where I was uncomfortable. So after the quartet and I did the EP, we I wrote the uh, second album in 2019 as a seven-piece with a four-piece horn section, two saxophones, a trumpet, and a trombone, as well as the rhythm section, called Sounds from Cross Street. Cross Street being the community hall where it was recorded, a beautiful, beautiful place. I had grand plans with that uh, septet, but the aforementioned spicy cough did not allow that to happen. Then I got this um, grant which brought it into a new direction because I was enamored with the Melbourne Amplified Strings people, and I said, I have to work with these people somehow, and this grant gave me the opportunity to do so. Your new album is to be launched next Sunday night at the Jazz Lab under the auspices of the Melbourne Jazz Cooperative. It's called Living in the Machine. I love the cover of it. It's just a beautiful cover. It's an artwork called Translucent Variation on a Spheric Theme. Yes, by Elsa McHugh, this incredible artist from Melbourne. I stumbled across her work one day when I was at an art gallery in Essendon. I was just transfixed. It was everything that I thought my sound was trying to be visually. So I approached Elsa and I asked if she was willing to, for a fee of course, I didn't want to steal it from her, just if she was willing to work with us and have her art on this album. And she generously agreed. So the album cover is one of her pieces. And it's a face with... I suppose it looks a little bit like a translucent flower around the face. Mm. You've called the album Living in the Machine. It almost suggests that this is the face of a machine. Yeah, that's why it just spoke to me so strongly when I saw it. Not quite hell, but (laughs) a machine nevertheless. A machine, humans and machines and this uh, weird sort of place we're living in at the moment, especially with everyone staring at their phones all the time and... Where is reality now as people are always looking down and not up? And These were all the thoughts in my head over the, this period. It's well worth having a, a listen to the album and even more importantly, getting to the launch next oh, week. That would be lovely if you came. Looking at some of the titles, The Desert Never Seems to End. We heard that earlier in the program. An Ode to the Iron Sheik, Escape from Airstrip 1, we've heard. And Now the End Begins. Before Living in the Machine is the last piece. The very first one is called A Waltz for the Dying Flowers. They are all very evocative titles that really get your brain thinking. Oh, thank you very much. And I suppose from a community perspective, everyone's going to have a slightly different perspective on what these titles mean. 
Wow, I have never actually considered that. That's uh, that's very interesting. Thank you. For it, the... it could create quite some interesting conversations, I reckon. Great. Conversations are wonderful. <laughs> they are indeed, which is what this one here is. Yeah. The band itself, who are they? So we have uh, on the album, Flora Carbo were recorded with us. She's unavailable for the performance because she'll be in Adelaide being amazing. So Cheryl Durance-Pesitkil will be uh, taking her place. I worked with her on my previous album, so I'm very, very happy to have her on board. Theo? Theo, of course. Theo Carbo on electric guitar, another incredible incredible musician i'm just in awe with all these of all these musicians costa Hagi, who i've been working with from the inception of cheyenne he's my general he's always been there for me working hard on drums we began the uh, recording with julia bebenek on drums she was unable to continue with the project so james mclean came on board which was huge wonderful huge for us yeah with Melbourne Amplified Strings, Zani Kolak and Anita Quayle, to uh, this group I've just adored from the moment I heard them, and it was my uh, wish. I just I had to work with them somehow. So the fact that they agreed, I am so so excited and uh, happy about. Next Sunday night at the Jazz Lab, Jazz Lab, I should say. Yes, seven thirty p.m. Cheyenne will be collaborating with the Melbourne Amplified Strings. We mentioned Zani before, Zani Kolak. Who's the other member of the Amplified Strings? Anita Quayle, who is a, an incredible cellist and electronic artist. Uh, she puts her cello through her doodads and makes all this just wonderful music. I've known Anita for a long time. We studied together at uh, Melbourne Polytechnic, which was NMIT at the time. So, yes, and I saw them play for the first time, I think in 2018 or 2019. I implore all of you in the audience who haven't heard of them to check them out. They are really something to behold. Something superb. For more information and bookings, check out jazzlab.club next Sunday night. That's Sunday the 19th of June. For more information about Cheyenne, you can also go to cheyennemusic.net. That's S-H-A-Y-A-N music.net. Omid, thank you so much for dropping into Bent Notes tonight. It's been great to have you here and to hear about yourself and the project. All my good wishes for a fantastic launch next Sunday night and for some amazing creativity in the music that you develop this year. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. My guest on Bent Notes has been saxophonist, composer, arranger and educator Omid Cheyenne. You're listening to Joy 94.9, Living in the Machine. been listening to a podcast from bent notes join us live each sunday night on joy 94.9 this podcast was produced by joy media you can support joy's diverse sound and diverse community this june by donating to joy radiothon 2024 go to joy.org.au slash radiothon and remember we all flourish with joy 